Hey, y'all. Welcome back. <clears throat> so tonight, the topic is about families. And um, uh, this is a different direction than I thought the Lord would take me in. But I am very excited to share it. Um, and it is out of 2 Samuel chapter 7. But uh, I would like to base all of it on Revelation 12, 11. And they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of? Yes. One more time. And the word of? Oh, I'm used to children. You got to be a little louder. <laughs> all right. So in uh, 2 Samuel 6, David brought the ark back to the city and he danced before the Lord with all of his might, which I'm sure was amazing. I wish I was there for that. Uh, and then in chapter 7, um, David, I'm just kind of doing like a, just kind of a roundup of, of the verse. I didn't actually have to put them up, but um, in chapter 7, David said to Nathan that he felt like now that the ark was back in the city, that he wanted to honor God and give it a permanent home. And then God told Nathan um, to give David a message. And first rabbit hole of the evening, it is important who you surround yourself with. Make sure that you have godly influences in your life because that matters. Um, God told Nathan to tell David that his son would actually be the one to build the permanent home for the ark and not him. Um, and he was going to bless David's bloodline and kingdom. Because David continuously pursued and honored God, even after making mistakes, and we all make mistakes. <laughs> Lord, yes, we all make mistakes, but he forgives us every time, just like he did David. And he never gave up on God. And so God never gave up on him and his lineage. God said, you know what? I will give you a legacy. And when you come home to glory, I will keep an eye on your son and I will take care of the kingdom that we have built together. God basically promised to bless his heir and to make David's lineage eternal. And he did, because we all know Jesus came from the line of David. Um, and so David was a good example to Solomon of how to worship and honor God. Uh, God said, I will be a father to him when you cannot. I will spank him when he needs it. And because we all need correction. Um, and I will love him and I will not turn my back on him. God promised him that his house would be okay even when he wasn't there. Your heirs will be okay. He said, I will keep them. And to me, as a parent, that is the best gift I feel like that God can give you. Is that your children, your grandchildren, the people who come from you, We'll be okay. So then David spent the rest of the uh, chapter, chapter um, verses 18 through 29, thanking God. And we all have read several Psalms, I'm sure. If not, please read them. Uh, and he thanks God a lot in those too. And God never got sick of the thanks and the praise. Uh, thusly, David was honored. <laughs> so if you show continued honor to God and his house, he will show continued, to honor, uh, continued honor to you and yours. So here's my modern day example slash testimony for this biblical reference, because I know sometimes it's hard for us to mentally put our place, ourselves like back in that time. So my great, great grandmammy married a coal miner who died in the coal mines. She was lonely and she heard about Lester Sumrall's church and this thing called the Holy Spirit. She didn't have a car, so she walked to church. She was able to convince her son to go to church, who was also a coal miner and a drunk, and an abusive husband and father. When he got saved, he was instantly delivered from alcoholism, addiction to tobacco, and bitterness in his heart. Jesus. He took his whole family to church. 
And I'm going to tell you, another rabbit hole, like when you hear about miracles, it's cool, but when you get a miracle in your home and it changes the way your family does life, it changes the essence in the air, it changes the atmosphere in your home, it changes the aroma, right? It's different. It hits different, right? Amen, youth. Come on. Uh-huh. Yeah. When your moms and dads get saved, it hits different, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Love you guys. Okay. <clears throat> so my gram saw such a difference in her dad that when uh, she, she knew that she had to of this goodness for herself and her family. So she started going to church and got saved. At that time, my mom was about five. My grandparents dove in headfirst and they hosted uh, visiting pastors that came to visit their church. My grandpa drove the church bus, so we brought people to church. Uh, they were in charge of the invalid tent, um, which is the tent for the sick people, for those who don't invalid. I know that was a tough one for me at first. For the Oral Roberts tent meetings. And they cultivated a life of prayer and praise in their home. Even up until my grandma was 89 when she died, and up until the day she died, people called her for prayer and counsel. Her peace was tangible. My mom and dad have honored God in his house. My dad is now a pastor and preaches in prisons, and my mom is a prayer warrior and has been in all the choirs and all the churches we've ever attended, and is a great mentor. Now don't get me wrong, our lives have been rocky, but we have never lost our focus on him. The devil tried to rip our family apart when I was a kid through mental illness, and mental illness in the 80s was very different than mental illness now. Nobody even knew what that was. They just, it was tough. But through the food stamps, through the verbal abuse, through the confusion, through the chaos, through the loss of a child, my parents were faithful to God. And I always wondered why. Like, because you know when you're a kid, you're just mad about everything. Like, devil stole my brother, devil stole this, devil stole that. Why, you know, I was mad. But my parents never stopped worshiping God. Like, David never stopped worshiping God. My parents never stopped believing. Like, David never stopped believing. They never stopped praying. They never stopped putting God first. They never stopped tithing. They never stopped leaning on the Lord when they were brokenhearted. I got saved when I was eight. I strayed after high school. I battled with mental illness. Instead of going to God like I was taught, I knew better. I tried substances. I attempted suicide. I ran away from church. I was mad. I didn't want anything to do with it. But God. I've had people praying for me my whole life. And I know for a fact that I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for their prayers. I have generations of examples of God's faithfulness when you are faithful to him no matter your circumstance. He will be with you in the valley. There will be valleys. Don't try to kid yourself. He'll be there right next to you. If you haven't had this type of example in your family, I'm going to join you or invite you to join me and be a part of mine. The glue that holds my family together is Jesus. So if you honor him by giving him your life, he will honor you and yours. My kids are here. I will continue to bring them, even if I don't feel like it, even if I'm broke, even if I'm tired, even if I'm lonely, even if I'm depressed. When I have anxiety or doubt, if I'm confused or angry, I will honor God and I will show up in his house with my children 
And I will show them who to turn to in times of need. He sees the bigger picture, not me. So I'll follow up with Pastor Josiah, what he said on Sunday. Is it worth it? A resounding yes. I am a sixth generation of it is worth it. He is faithful to those who seek him, like David and my great-great mammy. I never met her, but I am a product of her choices. I am eternally grateful for her, for her courage to make a change in her life and her commitment to be faithful to the Lord. And when I get to heaven, I can't wait to tell her about my kids and their kids. I'm going to be an awesome grandma one day, not anytime soon, but one day. (laughs) The trajectory of my entire family was changed because a coal miner's wife found Jesus and wasn't afraid to honor his house and go after the things of God. So no matter your circumstance, let your kids see you. Go after God with all your heart, please. They may not understand it until later in life, but they won't forget it. So bow your heads with me. Let's pray. God, give us the courage to honor you like David. Give us, heal us, and break generational curses like alcoholism, abandonment, depression, anxiety, anger, lust, greed, gluttony, addiction of any kind. I bind them from our homes, I bind them from our hearts, and I bind them from our minds. We have dominion over this earth, and I command you to go back to the pits of hell from whence you came. You are not welcome here. I declare peace in our homes. I declare sound minds. I declare whole bodies. We ask for discernment, Lord. God, we ask for wisdom. We refuse to watch our families go to hell. Help us be good wives and husbands, Lord. Help us be good mothers and fathers. Help us be good children and grandchildren and honor our elders. Help us to have unity and agreeable spirits in our marriages. I bind the spirit of strife from our homes in Jesus' name. Help us all to access that peace that is already within us, that passes all understanding. The next time we feel like arguing, Lord, put a guard on our mouths and help us to listen and answer instead of respond and defend. Help us be an example of the way that you want us to live, act, speak, and love. We cry out for you, O God. Our families need you. Bring back the lost ones to you, Lord. Let whoever they come in contact with plant seeds in their hearts, in their minds, and in their spirits. And let those seeds be watered and let them grow in Jesus' name. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for giving us such an incredible record of David's life. And thank you for being tangible to us. I'm so grateful that we get to talk to you every day. Thank you for being my best friend and my Lord. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name.